And how are we getting on? Today we're joined by Tara Platt. How are you doing, Tara? I'm great. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Of course. Um, Thomas, being a massive Spider-Man fan, said we had to get you on. So we'll have a good chat today. Absolutely. Uh, that second name, Platt, that sounds pretty Irish. Uh, you know, it's funny. The The last name does sound a little Irish, although I think it might be a sort of... Um, Frankenstein version of Platovich or Platovsky, because when my dad's family came over from Russia, uh, when they hit Staten Island, they were sort of forced to truncate it. So I think the name was actually like Platovsky or something like that, but I don't know how to find those records, but it, it was Russian in origin. That kind of changes how I look at all the plots I know. <laughs> I don't know about other plots, other places, but for us, our family line. Although Tara is a very Russian, I mean, not a very Russian, a very Irish name. So, yeah, there you go. There you go. All right. So, I suppose we'll start. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. I have a bit of a flimmy thing going on. Oh. Um, but I suppose we'll start with Spider Man. You got to play, funny enough, someone called Yuri in that. Um, how was that experience? Well, um, the team and the experience was lovely. I, those people are so talented and skilled and wonderful to work with. And then the fact that I also got to work with my husband, who is Yuri Lowenthal, and he played Spider-Man was super fun. Um, it's always a highlight. I love him so much. Uh, we've been married almost 20 years and I still like working with him. Like I like hanging out with him. We have our own production company. We have our own publishing company. Like we like creating things together. So it was really fun for me to get to bring a character to life in a world alongside of him. Um, so that was, that was super of a, del a delight for me. And then also I really liked the character. She, she's, you know, all about business, but she also has this really nice wry sense of humor and she really wants to make the world a better place. And I like that. I, I, I felt connected to her. So it was very easy to jump into the story and, and bring her to life. It's pretty cool to see. Um, I've never seen it before, like a, a duo, like yourself and Yuri. When it comes to getting booked on gigs together, how does that work? Well, uh, we do happen to be represented by the same agent. And I think a lot of people, like I said, we've been married for two decades now. So I think a lot of people in the business are aware <laughs> that we don't have to come as a unit, but that we are married. And I don't know if it helps that they, when they think of one of us, they probably also think of the other one that, that might help us with the casting opportunities. But the truth is the auditions came across our own separate email separately. We sent our auditions in. We got called in to do certain things. Yuri was in the mix well before I was. In fact, I think he had already been fully cast before I ever even had an audition for the project. And when I auditioned for the project, it wasn't just for one character. I auditioned for MJ. I auditioned for Black Cat. I auditioned for Silver Sable. Like I was auditioning for many of the female roles and I didn't ever actually audition for Yuri Watanabe. Um, because I think at the time they were really trying to cast these like iconic characters. You've got an MJ, you've got a Silver Sable, you've got a Black Cat. Those are those are very well-known characters in the Spider-Verse. Mm -hmm. And so I remember auditioning for them as a voiceover section. And then they brought me to the soundstage and we did mocap auditions where you're actually like going there and moving your body around so that they see how you might move if you were one of those characters and they're listening to your voice and you're reading things. And from that, that's when I auditioned and booked it. Um, and when I actually got the booking, my agent called me like, great, you booked Spider-Man. And I was super excited. I was like, who did I get? Am I MJ? And he's like, no. And I was like, am I Black Cat? And he's like, no. And I was like, I'm Silver Sable. He goes, no. I was like, who am I? And I didn't even really know anything about who Yuri Watanabe was. And so I had to learn. But at the time, Yuri had already been cast because he had gone in to help them do some scratch. I mean, he would tell you this story better than I would, but I think he had gone in to do some scratch and he had already been working with them on, um, <coughs> oh my gosh, what's it called? I was in it too. And I'm spacing on the video game where it's like, a, he's got a big mohawk and it's like, he's shooting characters. It's just super fun. Why can't I think of the name of that, that, that video game? Like every video game ever. Yeah. I know, I know, I know. I'm so terrible. I told you guys, I don't really play video games. If I played video Probably games. Cyberpunk is the only one I can think no, of. No, it's not Cyberpunk. But, uh, 
And I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, why can't I think of the name of it? I will think of it. I should probably look it up on IMDb, but I'm not going to while we're talking. But, but you got a long list had... on that too. You got 307 oh, credits. That's like... true. But I'm nowhere near Yuri. He's like in the 700s, so it's fine. But uh, he had just been the lead in their last video game. So they're like, well, we can't let him be the lead in the next video game. And so he wasn't doing it, but he went in to do some scratch tracks for them. And then I guess they liked it. And then they kept like, it was one of those things where they were really fighting him being Spider-Man. And then finally they're like, we can't fight this. I guess you're just Spider-Man. I suppose he's built for it. I guess so. I guess so. And um, unfortunate news for Tom Holland, because we know he's listening. Um, Yuri's actually your favorite Spider-Man. It's true. I'm sorry, Tom. I didn't mean to break your heart. I think you're great and super talented, but Yuri's my favorite. Fair enough. He's okay. <laughs> well, I'm sure Tom that. will be calling me. He'll be crying later, but he'll be fine. I know. I know. You could just let him, let him down gently. Tell him I really loved when he went on and he did that whole dance routine for the umbrella. You know, like all that stuff was lovely. He does good work. I like his stuff. There you yeah. go. Um, <laughs> when, when, it, when it comes to the amount of work that you, you've done, that, that, does it surprise you? Or like, does it look like a big number, but realistically it was an easy gig or gigs? Um... I mean, like, cause you just said, like, I have 300 credits on IMDb. Like that sounds like a big, something. okay. Uh, that sounds like a really big number, but it's also hard to look at it as a number because each of those was jobs over the last, I don't know, I've been doing this work for 20 years, you know, like it's, it's a career. So all of those jobs fit into all of that time that is my life. And so it's, it's hard to sort of disseminate it and look at it as just a number. Cause when you say that number, I'm like, that sounds like a lot, but also if you look at a lot of different jobs, sometimes you get booked on a video game. Like I was in, um, DC versus MK and I played wonder woman, but it was one session for less than four hours. So like it's a title, but it's a fairly tiny chunk or portion of my life. Whereas if you look at something like Naruto, uh, I've been playing Tamari for 17 years. So like, it's a, it's a big swath of time in my life, but it's also just only one credit. So all credits are not necessarily created equal. And then also you could have a credit where like you're in Final Fantasy, but you're pl just playing some background characters and it was a fun session, but you're just variety, various sort of other things. Whereas then there's some of your credits where you're like, this is me, this was my character. I originated it and I had, all these hours of time invested into it and I got to do the motion capture or I did it on camera as a performance like it it's it's tricky because a number is just a number and things are weighted differently sort of Can I, I answer I your question yeah know. absolutely I, I like the thing you said like not all credits are created equally because yeah, yeah. It, could, it could be four hours could, could be four weeks what do you say 17 years yeah we've been recording Naruto and now on to Boruto for 17 years that's crazy. That yeah. was, you must be really attached to the character or have it figured out anyways. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, like there are certain jobs when I go in and it might have been a while since I've recorded for them. And I'm like, can you give me a voice ref or a vocal reference just so that I like can click into that character? Cause it's been a while and I don't need a voice ref for Tamari. Like we, we record Tamari. I just, I record Tamari. I don't need to like have a vocal reference of like figure out who she is or what's going on. I'm, I'm pretty clear with who she is as a character. So that's so cool. <laughs> when did you start then? Because did you start seventeen years ago, or have yeah. you been doing it for yeah seventeen yeah. years ago? Yeah, yeah, wow. it was one of the earlier jobs that I got, and you know, at the time it was a Japanese animation, and we just auditioned at Studiopolis, like we auditioned for lots of other things, and we booked it, but that didn't mean anything to me because I didn't know it as a title, and we recorded and then it kept recording and then we kept recording and it was more and more episodes and we're like oh my gosh you guys we just recorded episode 200 wow we just recorded episode 600 wow we're on episode 783 like it just it just kept going like it was the job I think all of us everybody that's been involved in that has been floored at how much content there was and what a huge fan base there is and how that story, you know, cause like I said, it's Japanese anime. So you've got the entirety of the show written and the manga and all of that from Japan that then we're basically just voicing over in English. And 
when you think about it, there's probably a group of actors in Spain voicing it over in Spain. Like you're, we're just the regional, the localization actors, but in America, and probably because they probably play the same regional stuff in Ireland and in Scotland and in London, like you guys are probably also hearing our voices do that because, you know, it's just, but we're the localization team. You know, we're, we are the, we are the dub, you know, we're just, we're just dubbing it. So. Well, you may be dubbing it, but you're also bringing something to the character, you know? That's true. That I don't, I don't mean to negate the work that goes into it. And we often joke and talk about there is a bit of a hierarchy in voiceover. Um, people that do original animation shows and that people are main characters on video games sort of get this credit for like, oh, you're the actor and you've done this thing. But the work that is involved and the technical proficiency you have to have to be able to dub something, you have to have timing and you have to be able to, to have characterization and emotional, be able to like evoke a, a specific emotion in a very short time because you have to fit it into the right mouth flaps and you have to have the timing done and so it's a lot of the like rubbing your tummy and patting your head at the same time and yet it's paid the worst most people don't respect it as like real acting like it's it's a very interesting sort of hierarchy because I would say it's much easier to show up and do an original animation or create a character from scratch than it is to try to take all those constraints and then dub something and yet still bring it to life and yet it's funny how people are like oh that's just you're just dubbing that's just anime as opposed to like creating a character for original animation or for a video game so it's all just funny how it's paid the least it's just it's all very funny about how it, it the hierarchy of it is do, do you think that the amount of episodes in naruto Boruto um is kind of or it can be a hindrance to it because if i wanted to get into rick and morty right now i yeah. could watch it and it's very short but if sure. i wanted to get into naruto i'd have to go through nearly a thousand episodes yeah um yes i think it can be a hindrance for audiences now trying to dive in. But I think for the fan base that's there, it's people that started 20 years ago, you know, like it's people that started or 17 years, you know, like it's people that have been with it for a while. So it's kind of nice that they have content that in a way they've grown up with because our fans that used to come be excited to see us 15 years ago are now adults bringing their kids to come see us. Like it's a, it's a weird cycle of, it's not just me showing my kid a Christmas story every Christmas. It's actually new content of those characters and of those stories continuing, which is different than what we often get because you're right, you'll have two or three or four or five seasons of a show that you really like, but then it's done and that show goes away. And then there's other shows that come in to replace that void for you as far as content and you know entertainment or whatever you use stories for. And with something like this, it's a hindrance if you're trying to now get somebody else invested. Although if they like it, then they know they have so much to get to enjoy. But you're right, modern audiences may get lost because they're like, well, I don't want to sit through 800 episodes. But at the same time, I think that's part of the gift and the joy of it is you've had people who get to grow up with a show that then is still going. So they're they're growing and changing as humans. And you know they're going on their journey evolutionarily in their own self while the characters are also doing that. And so they get to sort of have those parallels continue for them as opposed to their characters sort of going away and then having to find new characters to replace that. Yeah, I suppose you, you can form a deeper connection with it. So um, <clears throat> just after I asked my question, I looked up how many hours of the show there is. There's 15 days worth. So if you were to watch it for... But that's if you watch for 24 hours. If you wanted to watch it for eight hours a day, it would take you 45 days to finish. Right. But some people, I mean, we just have, are still in a worldwide yeah. pandemic. Uh, I mean, there's plenty of people looking for content. <laughs> yeah. So like, it's I mean, binge. like, yeah, it would be a good binge if you were like, oh, I'm stuck in my house for the next 15 days because I'm on quarantine. You know, like it gives people something. Yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not trying to like, pardon my French. I'm not trying to shit on it. Um, I, th I think it, it's, it's obviously good. I, I watched it when I was younger. Um, I have, I'm way out of day on it, but um, it, it like it's a lot more dedication than it is like a problem. Like the fact that they've been able to like change the characters and keep a story going for this long is crazy. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, let's be honest, there were definitely filler episodes, and like every show has there. That. 
for for Naruto. Like they're like the whole Shippuden. Do you know what I mean? Like there's there's jumps in things, and you're like, what is happening right now? What are we watching this episode just about ramen? Like there's there's scenes and storylines that are happening, and then you just have a bunch of like filler stuff, right? There's with TV shows and films and video games, they tend to have to like say, well, we've only got two hours to tell this, or we don't know if we're going to get greenlit for another season to tell it in six increments or 12 increments or whatever that like season batch might be. But with Naruto, they were just like, we're just going to keep going. And today I don't really have a story. So we're going to talk about their haircut. You know, like some, some stories are more like that. Whereas other stories are like these clams are battling and how are we going to get through this? And then you have the, the haircut and the ramen episodes, which is fine. <laughs> um, it's interesting. They've kept, sorry, Thomas gone. No, no, They've managed to keep a, a continuous story going for so long. Where if you looked at like things that are the same numbers, like The Simpsons, Futurama, stuff like that, they were pretty sporadic. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Thomas, are you sure? I'm. I'm absolutely certain. Hundred percent. Hundred and ten. Okay. I was gonna say like uh, just what you were saying with filler episodes. Everything has that. I'm pretty sure I'm on this big like uh, conspiracy theory that. The entire MCU, you could take out the entire film and just play the post-credit scene, and people would just be happy with that. I agree. I agree. <laughs> like it's all people come for. It's like we got to stay for these last thirty seconds. They're the most vital part of the film. Because <laughs> it's going to give us a clue. We're going to get. That, we're going to know more. The rest. Of, there's like this one big story, and then the rest of it is like two hours of just like right? Shang is of Chinese people kicking each other's asses. For <laughs> two hours, you know. <laughs> that was a pretty good movie. Was a great movie. Yeah. You get to see that? Tara, you get to see Shang-Chi? I did. I did not yet. We're, it's on our list. Uh, we're not going to live movie theaters yet in person. Uh, our son is only five, so he's not vaccinated yet. So although we're vaccinated, we're just trying to uh, limit our exposure. So it's on our list. We can't wait to see it. Uh, and we have not had a chance to see it yet. But I've heard some great stuff about it. Are, are, you, um... are you in a place that's affected by COVID a lot? Yeah, well, I mean, we're in Los Angeles, which is a pretty big city, and throughout the U.S., um, some cities have done a better job, but right now I would say we're having a pretty bad sort of wave of Delta, of the Delta variant, and because kids are not able to get vaccinated yet, it's basically like acting like we're not vaccinated, because even though as parents we are, if it comes into our house, we have an unvaccinated human in our house, so we're trying to like mitigate and manage that. Our, um, I don't know how it works now, but over here in Ireland, like social distancing is happening in cinemas. So I feel yeah. pretty safe. Is the same over there? Yeah, it's become a very politicized um, topic, unfortunately. So people feel like if they get vaccinated, it's going against their rights. If it's a political choice and wearing masks have become political. So like it's your personal right to choose if you want to wear a mask. And so even though certain places were lucky and fortunate because we believe you should wear masks and social distance until we get through this pandemic. That's our belief. But because of that, we're lucky that we live in a city that has that as part of it. Like our school that our son goes to requires masks. So I'm very thankful for that. But there could be parents in the community that outside of school are not having their children mask or are not socially distanced in their own lives. And so it's very tricky because we're already choosing to have to send our child to school and so we don't know how much of a risk we're involved in. You know, it's it's just a lot of elements to try to juggle without really having good, clean answers about knowing what the right thing to do is. I get you. So. We got the same Confusing. stuff going on over here. Confusing. Yeah. We, yeah. We, we've had our government make great decisions and some poor ones. I'm sure you've had similar stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah. in the end, I think most people are smart enough to... Like, you don't know someone. You don't know if their hands were where they were. Yeah. Uh, Better exactly. sanitize when they walk in, wear a mask, sit a seat away from them. Um, exactly. I'm okay with yeah. people staying far far away from me. Me oh. too. <laughs> yeah, like... I'm okay with that. Yeah, but yes. So it's just been a little tricky, but we're waiting until yeah. he's vaccinated to be able to do things like going to restaurants and going to movie theaters and things like that. That's fair. That's cool. Um, hmm. I so, didn't mean to derail us. If there's other no, questions, okay. we no, can no, ask no, it. No. Oh, it, it comes up in every episode. It's, it's yeah. natural. Well, not every episode. We dodge it fairly often. Most, most. Uh, we've, we've had one or two actors go off the ball, but, um, yeah. you know, it happens. Um, so with Thomas's question, 
in do you know in, in cinemas did it make you sit like a seat apart from different people or just normal it depends because like i said i hate that it's become a politicized idea so certain places are following certain rules and other places are like you can't tell us what to do we're going to do whatever we want and so now i think they've reimposed mask mandates in la county which is where we are um so i suppose they would probably probably have social distancing but because we're just trying to limit any potential exposure we might have uh, we haven't even like gone down that path. I would hope that people do that. But like, I have friends that just did a huge film festival thing in Los Angeles where she won some awards. And it was just, I mean, they were requesting people wear masks, but they didn't have to enforce it. So it was all just sort of luck of the draw, whether people chose to wear their masks or didn't wear their masks or where they sat or Look at you. yeah, it's, it's all very tricky. Sticky situation. Yes. Um, yeah. Over I here. Like here. I, I, I love it. I love it because if I'm going to the cinema, just say me and Jared went to go see. What did we go see, Jared? Black Widow. Yeah, we seen Black Widow. Great. Oh film. yeah, we got we had to see that on our TV. We didn't go to the cinema, but we watched it. Great film, first of all, and then second of all, it was like us and like three other friends, and I thought it was just cool. Just all five of us, we could just chat with it within each other without having to worry about Tom, Dick, or Harry on either yeah. side of us. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. So in Ireland, you go in with your group. All, all businesses have to follow a guideline. It's not like they make their own choices. It, it sounds like that's what they do over in the states but over here they told if you want to open here's what you got to do mm. and for cinemas it's like what 30 40 percent capacity um oh you, that's good that they're limiting capacity yeah your entire group has to sit together so we were a group of five we sat together with five it might be two seat spaces and then there might be a group of two or one mm. whatever but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no one is really mask, going eat your popcorn drink your drink yeah. put your mask back on when you leave kind of yeah yeah you don't have to wear your mask while you're watching the movie um, if right but see that's the tricky thing yeah because if you're eating or drinking i know the whole thing there are mask mandates in place but then there's nobody really sort of um like enforcing it so it's it all just gets a little muddy as to mm. like well you said we had to wear our masks but then you don't tell them that they have to put them back on when they've taken their masks off so it all just it's just tricky i think that certain governments and certain countries have managed the pandemic as a response a little more smoothly and i think certain places have done it a little less smoothly and i think there are certain things some have done well quickly and others have done poorly like it's it's certain people get gold stars for some of it and less gold stars for so others people get and, silver bronze yeah yeah i think we've definitely got or red you know or i don't know <laughs> just various colors um you yeah. know i think i think uh there's pros and cons of a lot of those things in a lot of different places and so we're just sort of hunkering down till we can get him vaccinated and hopefully we can get through this and then we'll do our travels and we'll come visit ireland and we'll go to the movie theater and we'll do all that stuff you'll do the whole shebang now what's, what's work been like for you have you been able to work from home we're very lucky we have a home studio uh which we have been able to use throughout because there's equipment in it and it's uh broadcast quality audio recording you know equipment in there uh so that has been very helpful and fortunate uh, when the pandemic first hit everything shut down like even though we could be have been recording like we just weren't because everybody was like what is happening so i would say the first few months um last year like march april may was all very uh slow not a lot of work not a lot of auditions like at all and then as we got into summer and people are like i guess we're gonna live like this now (laughs) then work started to pick up and we had auditions but we still weren't going in places because yuri and i were very adamant that until we were vaccinated we didn't want to come in contact with it because we have a child we didn't want potentially to die. We didn't want to be sick. We didn't have want long form problems, you know, any of that stuff. And so we were refusing to go into places. So we weren't auditioning for any jobs that required you to come in in person to set. And we just worked out of our booth. And then once we got vaccinated this year in April, um, we were like, well, maybe we can open things up a little bit. And so we both took a couple jobs here and there doing some motion capture and things like that, where we had to go back on sound stages, uh, only with places that had really good COVID protocols where everybody was being tested. You were required to wear masks, except when you were actively working and you would take your mask off and that sort of stuff. And then the Delta wave started to come and we started to buckle back down again because as we understand it, it's slightly more contagious. And so with that, I was like, well, even if we get a mild case, cause we're vaccinated, if we give our kid 
COVID, that's no good. So like we went back to sort of like, now we're not doing things in person really. Occasionally we'll do a motion capture job if we really have to, because we've already sort of agreed to do something, but um, we're mostly not doing things in person again now until we can try to get through this. Cause our hope is that by the end of the year, he'll be able to get vaccinated. And then once he gets vaccinated, we can, not that we want to loosen everything because I still would like to be careful and safe, both protecting myself and others. But, um, but once he's vaccinated, we'll all be less in danger. Um, and so then we'll be able to start taking jobs in person a little more frequently, but yes, this booth has kept us alive for the last year and a half. How, how come we can't get it? Is it just a case of they're not giving it to kids yet or? Yeah, they don't, they, they have not approved it in the United States. Uh, the FDA, the federal drug, uh, food and drug administration has to approve things like medicines and vaccines and drugs and foods. And so they have a temporary emergency authorization for adults uh, 16 and over that got approved early on, which is how we were able to get vaccinated. And then they put in a request for under, or then it got pushed down to 12, I guess, because then 12 and up could get it. And then they actually licensed for adults. They made it that now it's FDA approved the vaccine, but for kids, it's a longer testing process. And so then they started doing trials on kids under 12 to six or 12 to five, and then um, five down to like six months. And those are still in process of being tested. So they they're just done doing trials. They haven't like put it out there. So once they give emergency authorization use of those for those ages, because it has to do with the amount of the vaccine. So it's the same vaccine, you. but like if we as an adult get 30, micrograms, I guess a kid would get like 10 micrograms because they're smaller than we are. Um, and so it just has to do with that. So we're waiting until they can get approval from the FDA to do emergency authorization for under 12. Fair enough. That's all the science I could drop on you right now. <laughs> you seem very well informed in the process. Yeah. I'm trying to be because it matters to me because I care. <laughs> we're, we're just kind of going with the flow. Every, uh, every yeah. Everyone's 16 and up. You're not required to get it, are you? But like, uh, we're like 90, 90 plus percent vaccinated. Oh, anyway. I'm so jealous. Yeah, we're, we're, our numbers are not that good in the US. Uh, they can't no. require it. You guys. But now certain jobs are starting to require it. So it's helping yeah. that they're starting to require. I, I like it being a choice, but I'd like it if it was better educated on because people can get the wrong impression, you know? Agreed. That's a big problem is the education of it. Yeah. Um, I think we're pretty okay. We're like, we're... Like yeah. a couple of weeks ago, couple, we were we were 80% vaccinated. Now That's we're amazing. 90. I cannot wait to come back to Ireland if you guys are 90% vaccinated. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're dropping the mask mandate as well in October or something. Wow. Or, they're dropping everything. Yeah. In Not just before Christmas. Be, you're watching this. Don't fucking come near me, first of all. Yeah. That's like, okay. <laughs> second no. of all, it's like, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I want to go to a restaurant. That's right. Like, I will still probably wear my mask on the airplane when we fly over there, though, just for the record. <laughs> That's like cool. I'm not messing with getting sick on a trip. <laughs> yeah, I, I look forward to it being back to normal. Just being able yeah. to, I'm travel to normal. Travel. I haven't been on a holiday in a Shit, while. Man. It's been a hot minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Can't wait to go on holiday. All right, yeah. we'll get off COVID. You've probably been like shitting. How did we get here? Casey says something <laughs> wrong, so we'll get off it. <laughs> um, okay, what else? <laughs> hmm. hmm. Non-COVID. Imagine if there's anything else in the world to talk about. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we talked about the Naruto, but we talked about... Were you, were you also a big character in League of Legends? I, I play Katarina. Um, so she like has these two really cool blades that are sort of curved, and she comes in and splatters people all around. Um, one of her phrases is, violence solves everything, because she's just like all into like fighting and stuff. And I guess... They put her out recently as a battle queen, Katarina version. So mm. that's kind of her. Is, is it kind of weird for you doing all these, like, I, I've seen an interview you did before and they got you to do like a bunch of like battle cries and like grunts. Is, is that weird to do? Because the voice, you know, it makes sense. But then like, the, yeah. yeah. It's funny because like when you're recording that, you're you're just sort of standing there and they're like, now punch them, now kick them, now spin and kick, now drop and kick, now grunt as you land, now push off. And you're trying to think your body into those sounds, but you're trying to stay on access with the microphone and not move around too much and like all of these other things. So it's a very silly experience to do the efforts. 
uh, efforts in and of themselves. Like when you're de- when you're delivering and reading lines and dialogue and engaging in the character, I think it's a lot more um, authentic. But there's something about trying to do efforts and trying to just make the sounds that's a little more technical and a little a little more. Um, I don't know, removed somehow for me. Like, I don't really feel like I'm in character when I'm doing all my efforts. It's just like me trying to get through the sounds, <laughs> if that makes sense, because you are, you're yeah. like, uh, huh, uh, uh. like you're just trying to make sure that the sounds sort of sound right and work for what they need, but don't blow up and wreck your voice and um, all of that stuff. I would, I'd say it's hilarious if anyone ever catches you practicing. <laughs> But it's funny, like, I don't like go around practicing my efforts. It's just when I'm in session and the director's like, now take a hit. I'll be like, you know, like I, I do it then, but I'm not, I don't walk through my life going, how would it sound if I got eviscerated? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But maybe, maybe you do a job from home. You're like, hmm, okay. I've got to make a dying noise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although it was really funny. I came into the house the other day and I had had a long video game session where I had had to do efforts and, and lots of scr- and we're back bit of an internet problem for myself um so we were just talking about shouting in a boot yeah so uh recently i had a a gig where i was doing a lot of the efforts and the fight sounds and the death screams and things like that and uh, i had been yelling in the booth and i came into the house and my son was like hey play chase with me and i was like i can't mommy's so tired because you get really fatigued from all of the efforts that you're doing and i was like i'm sorry mommy's just tired she's been screaming bloody murder for the last couple hours and so then he started running around the house screaming bloody murder bloody murder and then it just tickled me that he thought that what i do is stand in the booth and yell the words bloody murder over and over again uh, but it is funny to think about what people would hear if they were to come in and listen to us making all the efforts and the sounds because it does sound very strange i would imagine our neighbors must think that we're just we've lost our minds um so yes that was that was my whole story i was uh telling her jared when you left there about um bruce when he was recording the lines for call of duty uh cold war and he was doing all the parts where he has to like in the multiplayer where he has to scream and you know pretend he's dying and scream about the zombies and all this shit and afterwards he went and delivered um uh like uh baskets of cakes and cookies to all his neighbors to apologize and so sorry what, what <laughs> i'm so sorry like, you had to hear me do this <laughs> went to one of them and they're like and he's like what do you do man and you scream all day he's like oh, i'm a voice actor in this game well like, yeah that's fucking awesome man yeah. <laughs> oh that's awesome i'm glad that they weren't mad at him <laughs> you hardly got like neighbors like in the, in the in the apartment beside you who can hear you Yes. Not luckily for us. We don't have, we have neighbors in houses nearby, but you know, yes, I I have lived in an apartment and had to try to scream and shout and always worried about what they thought. Genuinely be worried that they put, they call the cops Um, because you you could be doing like a battle sequence kind of thing and it's not rough. Yeah. Cause sometimes you have to yell like things like help or you're killing me or things like that, that would sound very concerning if you were walking past an apartment and you heard someone right. screaming, ah, help me, you're killing me. You know, like that would, you would probably want to step in. So, uh, so yes, uh, I've never done this because I never had anything that was too questionable back when we lived in an apartment, but I've had friends who live in apartments and they put signs up on their door that are like, sorry for all the weird yelling you hear, I'm recording. Um, you know, sometimes they read, I'm recording a video game or something like that, just to let people know. And I think that's a, kind of good way to handle it just so that that way you don't get a good Samaritan who tries to break down your door thinking they're saving you from a murderer and it's just your work. You would feel like such a jerk if you bust down a door think I'm about to save someone's life and then you see someone. I'm a hero. No, I'm not. (laughs) You feel like such a jerk. Yeah. Hopefully the situation's happened very little. Very little. That's my hope too. You could make a sketch out of that. You could do a lot with that. It is very funny to think about, you know, the things uh, that you could hear. Yeah, someone calls the cops. There's someone being murdered in my apartment next SWAT door. team. I know, right? <laughs> right down the door and it's just you screaming bloody murder with your son running around the room. Right, exactly. <laughs> Recording the next Super Mario game. I know, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, it would be terrible. Um, with, with the whole COVID thing and working from home, did you have a studio before COVID or did you have it built during no, we were we were very lucky. We already had the studio booth. Uh, we put it in once we, we our son was born because we used to record in the house in this is 
we're outside. I'm outside the house right now in the garage that's been converted, but uh, we used to record in the house in a closet that we sort of tricked out with like foam and it worked perfectly because it was just my husband, Yuri and I. And so if I had to go scream in the booth, he knew what I was doing. If he had to scream in the booth, I knew what he was doing and we would both be quiet for the other one. So we didn't make extraneous sounds. You can't tell a six month old that they're not allowed to cry when you're recording. And you also can't start screaming bloody murder at you know 11 o'clock at night because you have to get an audition in for your job the next day and your six month old to be like, cool, that's fine. Just yell as much as you want. I'm not gonna wake up and start crying. So we learned pretty quickly that we could not keep our inside the house booth going with a child. So once we had our son, we ended up getting, um, this is just called an external booth. And it's literally like a thing that physically sits and has the sound equipment inside of it, the recording equipment inside of it, along with audio uh, sound dampening materials. Like there's, there are thick walls that are actually like, you can't see it from where you are because it's not the right angle, but the width of the wall is like um, four or five inches thick. And so it really um, helps stop all the extraneous sounds. So when we're in there, we disturb people outside less and the outside noises of the world. If a helicopter went over, it wouldn't stop me recording. Um, and so we, we, we went ahead and invested because it's more expensive to get an, a freestanding audio booth. So we invested in a freestanding audio booth so that we could do it. We, we definitely know about the external affecting us. We, we do right? a bit of radio. Oh and, yeah. Like there's been no phone put up yet. It's getting done over uh, October. Yeah. But, uh, like you can hear a car parking outside. Anything. Like the humming and, of the and engine. Like the, the, what is it? Like the weed blowers or the leaf blowers, leaf blowers and like all sorts of stuff. It's just, you don't realize how noisy. Us. They're down the alleys doing their own oh, thing. Yeah. You don't realize how noisy life is until you're trying to be quiet and record. It's just ridiculous. All the sounds of noise. Yeah. So I'd imagine you need something quiet in there. Like you probably use a laptop rather than a full desktop. We used to use a laptop and then the um, sound of the laptop's engine fan used to be too loud. And we used to have to put like ice packs underneath it to try to cool it down while we were recording. Cause sometimes you're in there for four hours, like a four hour session. And so we ended up having to do an external computer mounted on the outside of the booth that then runs cables inside of it. So there's no actual computer making noise in there. The only thing making noise is us. We're, we're all too used to the computer fans. They kill us yeah. sometimes. Right? They get noisy. Th they get real noisy. Well. I know mm. very, very well. I they overheat. I mean, what they are they going to do? They're little tiny. It's amazing we have the technology we have. The fact that we have phones, which are little amazing computers at the touch of our fingers, would blow the minds of our you know, great grandparents. So, Absolutely. I, I've been blessed that um, I use NVIDIA. Mm -hmm. So uh, one of the components for my computer and they have this thing you can get where it's like an AI um, noise suppressor. So you can't really? hear my fan, but you can hear me. Um, but when, when I tried voice acting before, it's terrible because different pitches of your voice will get cut out. So, yeah. Oh, that, so, yeah, that would be bad. I don't think any audio engineers would be okay with that. <laughs> I think they no. would be like, don't, don't affect it at all. But for this, it works. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, does the job. Uh, Thomas, on the other hand, he just sits there and prays this computer <laughs> doesn't go full throttle. It's, uh, it's a it's a pain, and <laughs> yep, you, like you, you probably get your equipment has to be good if you want to be in there for the long haul. So yep, you yep. we've definitely invested in the equipment, the microphones we use, the, the interface, things like that. Yeah. What what do you use? What's your setup? Uh, we have a Sennheiser and we also have a U87 uh, as our two microphones, which we can alternate between. You just plug one in depending on which kind of session you're doing. And then we have our interface. We use Pro Tools as our recording mechanism and sort of where we do our editing. Although oftentimes when we're doing a bigger game, we just send them the entire raw files and then they do all the editing. But like for auditions and stuff, we still use Pro Tools as the interface. And then we use uh, Duet by Apogee. Uh, to help us with our gain so that like if we are doing a particularly screamy session we don't blow out the levels so you just affect the gain so we run the microphones into the duet by apogee uh, which then also goes into our pro tools um to anyone that made sense to fair play yeah, um good one yeah the, yeah, the pair, pair of us got like usb <laughs> mics so we're 
Coke. We're pretty far That's also out. fine. That's also totally fine. Uh, the yeah. Sennheiser we have is called a shotgun mic. So it's one of those long ones. Kind of looks, I don't know if you can see yeah, this guy. I've, I've used there's, some, there's, there's like that. We have a, a bigger, nicer one in there uh, that we use. And then the U87 is kind of what you sort of look at when people are like, this is an old timey microphone. And it has like, it's a longer sort of freestanding thing. And it's inside. It almost looks like a spider web that's holding it up. So it's balanced inside of a little canister you've probably seen images of it it just has to do with those two different microphones have different they take in the sound slightly differently because one is omnidirectional and i think one is multi-directional i'm not the most tech savvy person this is how i understand it i might be explaining it wrong apologies to all the tech people <laughs> listening to this show oh, there's uh, millions but of them. the millions of people who know their tech better than me um but as i understand it the different microphones take your voice and the sound waves of your vocal quality in differently based on the type of microphone they are. And so certain ones work better for different kinds of projects. So like Yuri does a lot of promo work for a TV station where it's promos are basically commercials, but for like a TV station. Um, so like tonight on ABC catch, you know, whatever the name of the TV show is, that is a promo, which is like a commercial, but it's, it's running long form for that TV station. And they particularly like certain type of mic, whereas a lot of video games and commercials and animation like the other quality of sound because they can manipulate it a little more, if I understand all the technology correctly. You're hoping you got that right. I'm hoping that I got that right. And that your, your listeners aren't going to just be like, she's full of it, send her away. I mean, we only have two, three, you know, uh, TV production companies listening at one time. Yeah, so. at any one time. Oh, yeah. And now none of them will hire me. No. <laughs> it's, it's only the Irish ones. And trust yeah, me, perfect. They, they no, I want to like, be hired by them too. <laughs> you don't. That would be pretty cool if you, if you got over here and then like you got to do a little session in, in an Irish place. I would love that. that I would mean. love that so much. Yuri and I would go flip over the moon to, to do work there. That Is would that, be amazing. Then it makes it kind of like a work holiday and you can justify going for longer and stuff like that. Exactly. And I will tell you, we always travel with our travel rig. So we've done jobs there that are then broadcast or used here because we travel with our rig. So when we're there, so I remember, and of course, you know, we're eight hours time difference, give or take daylight savings time. But um, I've, I remember being on trips with him at like 2 a.m. He has to go out to inside the car or in, we were at a hotel once and he went down to the bar. I think it was like at three in the morning and the bar had just closed and they let him use the bar. So he went, he sat in like a quarter booth where there was a lot of like, um, soft material behind him in those big wooden booths and he sat in the corner booth and recorded while I was up in the hotel room you know like it's like you make use of what you've got but like we would totally love doing work there yeah that sounds so cool that's I <laughs> yeah we, we do a lot of interviews with voice actors and um, I, I had someone who wanted to do it when they were traveling as well and I, like I, I told them a couple of bits that voice actors have told us before and directed them to some of them we've talked to before. It sounds like a dream job if you got to travel and do it at the same time. I mean, it's kind of amazing. I mean, we're so fortunate and so thankful that this has been, I jokingly refer to it as our day job. Like this is how we make money to survive, but we also enjoy the work we do, but it also, the money that we make from our work as actors doing voiceover literally funnels into and feeds financially our production company, which allows us to create projects. And we have several web series and several feature films and several short films, as well as our publishing company. And we have our book on voiceover, as well as a couple books that he and I've written separately. And, you know, like our, our day job as voice actors allows us to create an entire world of creation, which is very exciting because I think at the root of it we're just storytellers and it's just whatever medium and whatever platform we're on allows us to do that particular story and sometimes it's for other people but sometimes it's for ourselves it's amazing uh, honest to god that's so cool <laughs> wow <laughs> and the name the name of the video game is sunset overdrive i know that game yes so when you dropped out i had to look it up because it is making me a little crazy that i couldn't remember it sunset overdrive <laughs> it it has an amazing team to it like an amazing music added to it it's it's all super fun but yuri is the lead character in that and he had just done that for insomniac so like uh, okay I'm not like a spider yeah. I, 
Insomniac seemed to be pretty good for hiring people who might not have had the had the biggest like experience beforehand. With a guy, and they kind of gave him his breakout role, um, Brent McKay, and he kind of took advantage of COVID in a way. He said, "Everyone's going to be stuck for work, but if I get myself a studio, like in my room, I'm going to be able to work. I'm going to be able to blah blah blah, and give himself opportunities that some people some people didn't have, and it works yeah. well for him." You know, the, the guy went That's from great. doing like the odd, odd job to he's made it his full time gig. That's amazing. And and like I said, like you don't have to have a freestanding booth. You don't have to have those microphones. You can do a lot on your own at home to still be able to work in the business. Like we didn't get this 15 years ago. We only got the booth four and a half years ago. Like it, you don't have to have it to build a career. You don't need to have the most expensive equipment. You just want to make sure it's the quality of sound is good, that there's not a lot of interference and external sounds that then engineers are going to have a hard time with. And you have to just be professional. <laughs> like it, You don't have to have the, the highest end quality. And ultimately there are better booths than this. And there are worse, booth than, worse booths than this. Like you, you got to do what sort of fits into like, this is how much we're willing to put into this and sort of see how it goes. Now that we've lived in this booth for a year and a half, we are a little sad that this is the booth we have because we would have done better to have a slightly bigger booth just for sound uh, waves bouncing around. Yeah. But like you can start anywhere and, if it's something you're really passionate about and really interested in, you don't have to worry about the financial investment at the get-go. Like, let it be something that comes along with it as you go, sort of. So what advice would you give people trying to get into it now? Read aloud every day, because the most important part of the job, if you're doing voiceover, is reading scripts at performance level. And reading aloud is free. <laughs> And it gets your brain really connected to your mouth and your tongue because you want, I mean, you notice I speak very quickly. I've always been a fast speaker, but I also have to be able to recreate that when I'm reading something that I've never read before. And I need to be able to pull the pages, the, the words off the page as quickly as if I were saying it to you. And so reading a lot every day, which is a totally free thing you can do. Um, if you really want to be a voice actor, make sure you like the work of it. Make sure you like acting. Um, audition for local theaters or improv groups or make short films with your friends. We all have cameras on our phones. Like you can do a lot without putting an initial investment in financially to see if it's something you actually enjoy. Because the idea in people's head of like, oh, that's what it means to be a doctor or that's what it means to be a lawyer or that's what it means to be a, a voice actor may not be the actual reality of it. So find out if you like the work of it, because unfortunately a lot of the work of being a voice actor is auditioning for things that you're not gonna get. So you have to manage how to deal with rejection and how to deal with making quick choices, the who, what, where, when, why, how of the work quickly so that you can do the audition and then move on with your life because your life is not the audition and you need to be able to make choices. So reading not necessarily allowed, but like reading material, learning story, learning characters, um, becoming a better human in the world. I don't mean you have to like become a philanthropist, although that's a lovely idea too, but I just mean like be more an authentic human in the world, go have experiences, hang out with friends, go on trips, take vacations, learn a new craft, learn things because the more you evolve and change as a human, the more humanity you have to bring to your work as an actor. And the more you'll bring alive characters in ways that are interesting, unique and truthful. And that's what audiences connect to and relate to. Um, so like, go be a human, read aloud every day and make sure that that particular part of the work is what you love. So that's my advice. I like it. Some pretty damn good advice. Um, cool. I, I, I've noticed in some, some circles that follow shows that have a lot of voice acting. Um, there's, there's often a complaint that a lot of voice actors don't get the chance to deserve and the job is often given to a big name to try bring something to it. I Would mean, you say that that's, that's an industry standard? I don't know if it's an industry standard. I have definitely noticed since we've been doing this that a long time ago, voice actors were sort of considered second tier, like television and film. Film actors were considered like, if you wanted to be a celebrity or important in the business, it was like film actors, television actors, stage actors, voice actors. <laughs> like there was definitely, when we talked about hierarchy earlier, there was that. 
Um, and then that has definitely shifted. And now I would say people are becoming celebrities for their work in voiceover. But as far as like it going to name people over non-name people, obviously that's still going to happen because unfortunately how projects get made is through financiers and the, you know, penny counters, you know, the people that are the money people who are investing in projects or getting the money for the projects still are working off an antiquated system of this idea that like value of you as actor relates to your popularity and more people tend to know who a celebrity is from their work in film and television for them being them as opposed to uh, an actor doing something in a video game because they'll know the character of Spider-Man but they may or may not know that's Yuri Lowenthal. Whereas if you go watch Spider-Man with Tom Holland and you see Tom Holland as Spider-Man so your mind goes Tom Holland Spider-Man and it pieces it together that that doesn't really happen with voiceover and voice actors although that's shifting a little now. Um, so yes, a lot of times you will have a big celebrity get the bigger parts because they're known and the people who can then make the movies happen financially are like, I want it to be the actor's name that I know, as opposed to Yuri Lowenthal, who's that? <laughs> or Tara Platt, who's that? Even though we've got year, you know, years and hours and weeks and days worth of credits, you know, like it doesn't that that's less important than like what their cue value is as an actor on the streets. And if you walk down the street and you're like, who's Brad Pitt? Everyone's gonna be like, I know who Brad Pitt is. Whereas if you walked down the street and said, who's Tara Platt, people are like, what? <laughs> All the so I, fans line up. Right, exactly. Maybe, maybe the ones that happen to watch the credits and see who I am. Do you know what I mean? Like it's a, it's a very it goes back to like, we'll be at a convention and people won't know what we look like on the first day of the convention. After we do panels, then walk, walking down the hall the next day, everyone's like, ah, but the first day we walked down the halls and no one cared less about who we were. It's just funny. That, that's why I love mocap and when they keep your likeness, because we, we talked a few that got the likeness kept, like Neil, Neil Newbin um, for Troy Become Human. And yeah. Like you'd walk down the street and you might you might recognize him from the gig. Um, who who do you see is the biggest name in voice acting right now? Oh my god, the biggest name in voice acting. Just when we're comparing them to like voice actors, um, actors. <clears throat> I don't even know if I know, because it also depends like who the fan base is. So I don't know. I mean, there are fans of things like the. I think it's called The Last of Us video game is I think the title of it that would know who those actors are, but it's because they're that fan base. Whereas there are plenty of people who do television and film work that also work in voiceover that are very talented. And I would say they're probably more popular still because they're more well-known. Although people like Eric Bauza, who I think is super talented, has started taking over a lot of the older Mel Blanc roles because he can voice match that so perfectly to a T. And I would say Eric Bauza, Dee Bradley Baker, people like that are extremely, like they work constantly, but I don't know if they're household names, but in the industry, they are the people who are in every single video game and in every single cartoon and they're working constantly. So I, I don't even know how you would quantify that or figure that out because then there's also People like Kristen Bell, who's on television in a variety of TV shows, and we love her work, but she's also in the Frozen fr franchise. So like that's voiceover work, right? But she's also a celebrity coming in to do that, but she also is skilled and very talented doing that. So I don't, I don't know. I, I get that. I get what you're saying. Like, yeah. The Rock yeah, played like, your man in. I'm thinking Mo Vin Diesel plays Groot. You know? Yeah, like, yeah. like doesn't yeah. make them like massive. Lines, but, yeah. but I don't. But I don't think of Vin Diesel as a voice actor. He's amazing as Groot. It's perfect as Groot. But I don't think of Vin Diesel as a voice actor. Think of him as the card. No, I'm not even gonna it. Think of his arms. You know, like I don't know. Car driving, family loving, Corona exactly. drinking. Exactly. I, I I love that guy because he kind of has um different phases of incredible discipline when it comes to his physique, and then an incredible lack thereof. Yes. Um, like if you've ever seen like just after Fast and Furious comes out, you might see him like with, with the belly at the barbecue, but then when it when it's in production when it's being made, you know yep. he just gets rid of it. But then like the yep. Rock has it always. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 
but like the rock, the rock he also yeah, does Moana. voiceover in something there the, like Moana? so like Moana. yeah 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 he's great in moana he's, he's wonderful done a lot in moana. of voiceover yeah so like but but it also has to do with like celebrity then it doesn't really matter what they're working in they are celebrity in that title whereas unfortunately it doesn't quite translate backward up the the stream yet <laughs> do, do you know what i mean like it's it's still sort of a one-way kind of I get you. trip but i think it might be changing i think people are starting to recognize i mean they didn't used to have video game awards and you know like now there are award shows for the work like so i don't know the whole industry might be changing but who knows i'm just a small cog in the big machine oh that's small <laughs> how many gigs have you done like give it up <laughs> you've done a lot so like yeah. I'm, not, I'm not letting you say that um how many gigs have you done okay maybe it's a bad reference but i'd say in in 2021 alone uh there goes that yeah i mean like if i average one to three gigs a week what week are we on i mean you do quite a lot. <laughs> but some of those gigs, but some of those gigs will only translate into one credit, right? Yeah. Because for example, certain video games, you'll have multiple, 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 multiple sessions. So if I have a gig 12 times, it's still one credit. It, like it's all just a little, you know, some of those gigs are still more Boruto episodes. So I'm still doing Naruto, you know, but it's, it's their gigs. I don't know. It's hard to, um, it's hard to know. Right. I'd imagine that's a massive bulk of stuff, but it's it's like a one credit. Like there's probably, I, I wouldn't say a, hundreds of episodes, but a fair few. Yeah, and the truth is, my character's not in every single episode. So like, Gasp, Naruto horror. is played by Miley Flanagan, and she's in every episode because she's Naruto. <laughs> you know, so like the numbers of hours of work she's invested versus the numbers of hours of work I've invested. But you know. It's do all just. You, do you, do you think you'd be able to do something like that, that you could commit to doing a character, all the time, for seventeen, twenty years? Well, I don't even think she committed to doing that. Like, I don't think any of us knew how long we were going to be involved in that, or that we would still be involved in it. When you're fifteen years in. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, like, take I mean, a like, moment. yeah. I mean. I mean, I think on one hand, I, all of us want to be able to commit to projects that are going to be long form that we're like, oh my gosh, I'm guaranteed I'm going to be working on this for this much time, or there's this much work. There's something really exciting about getting that. Um, but just as easily as like, I happen to like my character. I happen to connect with my character. What if I hated my character? What if I hated the people I was working with? That would also be hard too. And so I think those kind of questions are much easier seen in hindsight than they are at the time, because I think we all get rosy glasses when any opportunity presents itself because we want to work and we want to, to play and we want to participate and we want to be doing things. And then it's easier to look back on it and go, oh, that might not have been the right choice for me mm. then. You know, you can look back on your 20 year old self and be like, oh, well, glad I'm not dating that guy anymore. You know, whatever that is but you don't see it necessarily in the moment. So sometimes you need the hindsight to look back on it. But I mean, yeah, I think for the most part, I would probably be like thrilled if someone was like, hey, I'm gonna give you this gig and you get to do this. That's that's a great thing to get to play with. Fair enough. I don't know, I, 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 like, I like your discipline. Um, I don't think I'd be able to do a character for that long because you kind of have them figured, you have a good part of the story told, you know who they are. You've changed, but the character might not have, or they might not reflect. I don't know. I wouldn't like to do it with a character I dislike. That's true. That's true. I, I say people like uh, they voice the Simpsons. Because those, yeah. char those characters don't change at all. They I never could, go right. through anything. But it, if they're loving voicing Marge. Yeah, but if they're loving the gig, if they're loving the gig, if they love the people they work with, it's a pleasure to get to do. So mm -hmm. I don't know. But on that note, I am going to have to run. Uh, yes. So I can make sure to get my son from school. Uh, so if you have any final questions that you wanted to ask or anything before we hop off the phone. I think I'm, I'm clear. Thomas, you got any? Um, I don't know if you're in it, but you're looking forward to Spider-Man 2 PS5? I cannot wait to see Spider-Man PS2. Same. Enough said. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's all we can say. But um, yeah, 
but look forward to it. Um, you're good in the first one, so we'll see what happens. Um, all right, gonna pause here in a second. Myself and Thomas are gonna come back and have a wee chat about the patron. So thanks, Millie, for getting on, Tara. It, w- it was a pleasure. Um, and Thank if people you. want to check you out, where can they find you? Uh, I'm online. I'm on Twitter at Tara Platt. I'm on Instagram at Tara Platt. I'm on TikTok v Tara Platt. I'm out there. Well, you know where to find her. All right. So thanks, Millie, for getting on, Tara. It was a pleasure. And now we'll be on to our patron. And a little message for our patrons. Or patron, Declan DeVito. Thomas has a word to say to you. Declan, man. I can't, words can't, can't express how much love I have for you, sir. The support you show the podcast is unmatched to anybody in this entire world. Maybe Jared, but uh, <laughs> seriously, man. <laughs> I appreciate you. And, you know, if anyone ever else decides to subscribe, I love yous too. Do you know, keep safe, hydrate. Take your handyman. So if you want to join us on Patreon, see the stuff we're at at the moment. Some cool stuff, by the way. You can check us out and the link below is in the description. Um, yeah, patreon.com slash Irish. Check us out. Support if you want. You don't have to. We'd, it'd be sound if you did now. It'd be sound. It'd be, it'd be cute enough. It's a bit, bit sound. Uh, but anyways, have a good one. Stay safe. I hope you enjoyed. Bye-bye. <laughs>